From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary travelers. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. I am uh, broadcasting from my lair up in Thornhill, north of Toronto. Uh, Ian is behind the big audio board back at Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Uh, Ryan is in his bunker in deepest, darkest East York. He's producing the live stream tonight. And my story producer, Albert, is on assignment. Uh, This hour, ask me anything. Open lines. I'll give you the phone numbers right now, and you can get on board at 416. This is the greater Toronto area. 416-360-0740. in the greater Toronto area. And toll-free from just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740. one 866-740-4740. Coming up in the next hour, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And you guessed it, she has another book. She is just remarkable. Uh, the, the last visit with Rosemary, just, uh, oh, was it in September, I think? Or maybe the month before? She had a brand new book out. Uh, and this one is another fate Anthology from Fate Magazine. Fate Anthology, and she's compiled it, edited, and con- contributed uh, some articles to this uh, anthology. It's uh, on UFOs and ETs. Fate presents UFOs and the ET presence. Uh, but uh, since this will be our last visit with Rosemary before Halloween, we'll also talk about ghosts and goblins and things that go bump in the night, no doubt. And uh, I'll also carve out some time for you to talk to Rosemary as well. Maybe you have a ghost story you'd like to share. Let's see. Let's just see if you can raise the hackles on the back of my neck with one of your ghost stories. I doubt you'll be able to scare Rosemary. I'm, I'm guessing she's pretty much inured to that kind of thing. I would think, but you never know. Now, speaking of ghosts, three in five people, three in five people, believe they've come face-to-face with a ghost at some point in their lifetime. And as well as seeing a ghost in real life, 40% of people think their pets have had a ghostly encounter. Uh, But people's way of dealing with uh, meeting a ghost aren't far from those in the movies. The typical reactions tend to be fainting, screaming, crying, or running away. I would probably do all four. Uh, women, despite being more likely to see a ghost by 20%, did you get that? Women are 20% more likely to see a ghost. They're also twice as likely to scream and run away. Uh, this was a study conducted by one poll, one poll, all one word, on behalf of Groupon. I wonder why Groupon would be doing this. Uh, they also found that one in three people believe their house is haunted. One in three. So, we can talk ghost stories if you like, and we'll also pick that up with Rosemary in hour two. Now, I see that uh, creepy clowns are back in the news. Creepy clown reports. Uh, this time in uh, Great Britain, there was an incident 
with a knife-wielding clown over there recently menacing some children. And I'm wondering if, if this has all been inspired, if you will, by Stephen King's book, It, which came out over 30 years ago. And then, of course, there was the the original It movie, which came out in 1990, and then there was the reboot of It, which I, I think came out last year. Which is scarier, by the by? Which is scarier, the book, the 1990 movie, or the 2017 movie? I've not read the book, nor have I seen the movies, but that might be kind of fun. Why don't we kick that around as well? The scariest movies ever made. The scariest movies ever made. For me, it was actually a trailer, not even the movie. It was uh, 1966. It was a cult classic B-movie called The Queen of Blood. Has anyone out there seen that? I haven't actually seen the movie. As I say, I only saw the trailer, and that was enough. Um, this was, uh, who was in that? Uh, Basil Rathbone, I think. And uh, young Dennis Hopper and John Saxon and uh, Forrest J. Ackerman who, of course, went on to publish a very famous magazine called Famous Monsters of Filmland, uh, which first started publishing in the late 50s. And, and Famous Monsters of Filmland inspired countless Hollywood directors, uh, not only in the, in the horror genre, like people like John Carpenter, uh, but, but people like Steven Spielberg as well were very inspired. Anyway, uh, Forrest J. Ackerman made an appearance in The Queen of Blood. And then there was this lovely Czech actress named Florence Marley. And she played the alien queen who also happened to be a vampire. Uh, and as I say, I just, I saw the trailer. Uh, my parents, back in, I think about 1967, 68, I was three or four years old. If they wanted to go to the movies, they had to take us, us being five children with them, Usually, try getting a babysitter for five kids. Not that easy. So on this particular night, we piled into the uh, family station wagon, a 1962 Valiant, and my mom and dad went. They wanted to see it was a Debbie Reynolds, Dick Van Dyke movie called Divorce American Style. I don't know if you remember it. So we went to the Breezes Drive-In in Brantford, or it might have been the Sunset, but I think it was the Breezes Drive-In, and we had a, a padded kind of a, a foam pad in, in the very back of the station wagon. It was covered with some nice terry cloth, and we piled in there with our pajamas. How exciting was that when you were a child, right? You were going out into the car after dark with your pajamas on. So um, me and my four older siblings piled into the Valiant. Off we went to the Breezes Drive-In, and we were sort of expected just to kind of fall asleep. In the back, while my mom and dad watched Divorce American Style. Not an inappropriate movie, but not of particular interest to a four-year-old. But before I fell asleep, of course, they ran the trailers before the, the main feature. And there it was, The Queen of Blood. And as I say, I've never seen the movie. I'm sure if I did, I would laugh about it now because it looks like it's pretty campy. But for a three- or four-year-old, this alien vampire in outer space, I tell you. Uh, so Florence Marley in her alien queen getup, would haunt my nightmares for the next 25 years. So that was it for me. And later I watched the pilot for a TV series called The Night Stalker. 
this was the pilot that aired, I think it was like an ABC or NBC night premiere. Anyway, it was like a Monday or Tuesday night, and this was the Night Stalker. The pilot episode was about this vampire that was stalking Las Vegas, and I tell you, that that was it for me. I was, I think, maybe eight or nine years old, seven or eight years old, maybe, and uh, so my scariest moments on screen actually weren't even films. One was a, a movie trailer, and the other was a made-for-TV movie, the pilot episode. So maybe we can share your scariest movies as well. Now, we could go in a completely different direction. If you'd like, we could talk geopolitics. I know the the disappearance of Jamal Khashoggi uh, is on everyone's mind. Turkey is saying that a Saudi hit team is behind his disappearance and murder, and that much of his interrogation and torture and murder uh, was recorded on his Apple Watch and uploaded to iCloud. Uh, and may have been overheard by his uh, fiance, who was apparently waiting outside the consulate in, in Istanbul in their car. She waited out there something like 10 or 11 hours, then came back the next day. And, of course, he's completely vanished. Uh, and this has far-reaching geopolitical implications. Uh, and we can get into that as well. Now, I want to also, because I've neglected this, uh, and I hope you'll all forgive me, all of you in the uh, the live chat. It's been a while since I've acknowledged you. And I apologize for that. But I just, it's been a while actually since we've had the live stream. We did it last week and then before that it was, it, it had been a while. But I just wanted to say and acknowledge some of you who join us in the live chat at the YouTube channel. Uh, Brown Dwarf. Now here's one. Charmaine Lotriette. I hope I'm not mispronouncing that. And, um, uh, Charmaine is checking in from South Africa where it's almost, well, it's after five in the morning. So, Charmaine, great to hear from you. Thank you. And uh, let's see. We have uh, George Barry in Omaha, Nebraska. Gianni Mormerstein. Marmerstein. Hello, Gianni. Kenny Poison in Colorado Springs. Red Cap Goblin. Let's see. Raz2 checking in from the U.K., Gord, Gord Oland. Gord joins us every week. You bet she joins us every week. Great to hear from her, to see both of you. Uh, Luna, uh, Luna is beautiful this evening. Sorry, that's from VC. Who's Luna? Not sure. Oh, VC in the Carolinas. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Gang of Four. Gang of Four. Uh, Baji Kimran. Hello, Baji. All right. I'll try to uh, John Schwartz. Hello to all of you. Great to have you on the uh, the YouTube live chat. Incidentally, please check out the YouTube live channel, and uh, if you haven't already, please hit that red sub button. Uh, Ryan, back in East York in the bunker. I think what are we around eleven thousand four hundred subs? So let's see if, how quickly we can get that up to twelve thousand. And just a reminder, my podcasts, of course, Conspiracy Unlimited, Conspiracy Unlimited, new episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and um, you can go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com, conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com to listen and subscribe. And don't forget about the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. If you love rock and roll and the paranormal and unsolved mysteries and so forth, the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, new episodes drop every Wednesday. And you can just Google it or you can go to Strange Planet 
www.strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca, and you can access it from there. And speaking of the website, uh, we are updating it. You may notice if you go to the home page, we've uh, kind of streamlined it and changed that, put a new coat of paint on the old website, and the actual radio page, the page for The Conspiracy Show, that is going to be updated, streamlined, modernized, and made far more mobile-friendly in uh, the days and weeks ahead. So if you haven't already uh, done so, check out strangeplanet.ca. All right, open lines. When we come back, The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. Curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back indeed. And uh, this hour, open lines, ask me anything. And uh, let's see, we are going to start with, I believe we have, is it Ray? Rob. Rob is in Scarborough. Rob, good evening. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you, my friend? I'm okay, Richard. How are you? Terrific. Thank you. I love your show. I appreciate that. I had Twittered you a few years ago about getting what I thought was hit by an energy weapon on the beach in Toronto. You thought you were getting hit by an energy weapon? I was, no, I absolutely was, you know, as far as I'm concerned, was hit by an energy weapon. I was knocked over. I was rollerblading. And I had tweeted you about this, and you had answered me and asked me how I was. I, I, I ended up getting surgery because of it. Oh, wow. So you're rollerblading. This is along the boardwalk. Is this like yeah, Kew Gardens? Or? Along, the, along the concrete. However, there was no one there. It was early in the morning, and the, there was a police SWAT unit. And this was around when the G20 was happening, so they were... I guess, testing their weapons. I don't know. And I mean, this is the conspiracy show, so I have no proof. However, I'm a good skater. I felt like I was hit with a, with a six by six piece of wood and I was knocked flat right out and ended up wow. with surgery on my neck because of it. And I still have nerve damage to this day. So did you hear anything before you, before nothing. you went down? Nothing, nothing. It was just so quick. And then when I, you know, I was in pain and was, you know, calling for someone, I looked up and they were gone. There was no one around and the police, you know, the thing was gone. It was gone. Did you black out? For a second or two I did, yes. Mm. It was did anyone a come to your thing. Pardon me? Right. Did anyone come to your assistance? No. No. I, I laid there for about 15 minutes, got up and walked my bike back home. And then went to the doc. They found out that I had uh, some. It was a form of whiplash. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think it might have been? Some sort of a microwave weapon? I really uh, couldn't say. I mean, I, when that's I heard about the G20 and the weapons that they had. They had apparently on hand. You know, there was the sound weapon, but I knew. You know, I could just tell that they had other things also. Right, the sound cannon. Because of the right. characters that were involved with the G20. Mm. And I don't mean the people on the street. I mean, you know, the powers that be, so to, so to speak. Now, was there anyone else around you? Because that type of no one. weapon, these are sort of non-lethal weapons, supposedly, although uh, I'm sure you don't look at it that way. I mean, I yeah, but they're, they're somewhat indiscriminate, one would think, at this point. So if there were other people around, you would think they would have been knocked over as well, but there was no one around at the time. There was no one around. It was early in the morning. Very early in the morning. Hmm. 
Um, and I also wanted to ask you, how do you decompress all of this information that you get in your head? I mean, I'm a bit of a conspiracy <laughs> theorist myself, and I just, you know, I listen to your show, and at the end of the night, I have to decompress. I can't imagine how you do it throughout the years. Well, I think I've made this point a number of times. I don't consider, even though it's called the conspiracy show, uh, I don't consider myself to be a conspiracy theorist. I, I, I certainly think so, uh, a number of conspiracies have a great deal of validity, mm-hmm. others not so much. But the key for me has always been to compartmentalize. I don't live it. I talk about it for a living, but I don't live it. I mean, I'm interested in it, but it doesn't consume my waking hours. I have, you know, a lot of other things that sort of keep me busy throughout the day, throughout the week. So that's the key. I have a, I had a colleague, um, in this town who, who not only talked about it, but he lived it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he, you know, he walked the walk and he talked the talk. And, and if, if he, when we worked at the same radio station, if he were to, I won't say corner me, that sounds unkind, but if we were to meet at the coffee urn and, and he would start to talk, there was no getting away from him. You basically kissed off 20 minutes of your work day <laughs> because he was so consumed by it. And I, I just made a decision at a very, very early on, when I started down this path, I wasn't going to let it consume me, and I would, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't deal with it except primarily when I'm when I'm prepare, preparing for the show and when I'm on air. So that's pretty much it. All right, listen, Rob. Um, I hope you're um, you're you're fully on the mend. I know you still have some nerve damage, but uh, thank you for sharing that, and uh, I appreciate you calling in from Scarborough. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. All right, we're going to go to my hometown, Brantford, Ontario, on the beautiful Grand River. Hunter. Hello, Hunter. Welcome. Uh, good evening, Richard. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Um, I'm, I'm kind of looking for uh, help with uh, something that um, I want to see fly if I can. Um, since the beginning of the summer, I've been trying to get... Um, uh, uh, how do I put this? So I'm trying to get a line to uh, uh, the federal liberals about um, a suggestion that I have for um, to solve their uh, their pipeline problem, and I just can't get any cooperation from anybody. You know, you, you think I was trying to smuggle a, 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 an atom bomb through the back door or something? It's just <laughs> insane. Well, maybe you should try going across the floor and um, uh, try the conservatives. Maybe they might be a little more open to it. And who knows? They may be forming the next government in about one year's time. I don't know. I've got a, I've got a bad taste in my mouth from things from the past with that. I, I, I really don't want to go in that direction if I can help it. You don't want to go in the conservative direction if you no, can help it? No, not at all. Well, what if they, what if they end up forming the next government? I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I don't really want to think about it, and uh, I don't. I don't even know what to say about that. I'm, I'm really hoping that's not the case. But uh, you know, uh, I, I think that uh, trying to solve the problem from the end, I'm trying to take it uh, from right now is, is more important than that. I don't see why. I don't see why um, I'm getting that kind of reaction from everyone. 
you're not sure why you're not being listened to? I yeah. mean, is that a rhetorical? Is that a rhetorical question? It's insane. Is that a rhetorical? Well, no. I mean, that's pretty much how it goes, isn't it? Um, once people, once they get in power, they're they're not really interested in in listening to us. But I'll tell you one thing about the pipeline. I think it's ridiculous. Here we are in 2018. The, the fact that we, I mean, our energy resources, we have something like a hundred times. U.S. oil uh, uh, in the ground a hundred times. We we should be an energy superpower. The fact that we do not have a pipeline stretching from the west coast to the east coast to me is is just mind boggling. I mean, I don't care who's in power. Uh, the fact you know that they can't get that done. It should have been done fifty years ago. I just I just think it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, anyway, uh, good luck. Just keep hammering on that door. Maybe someone will answer. Look, Great to hear from you. Hunter. Is there any way yeah. that, I mean, if you were to come across someone that could, could possibly steer me in some direction that, uh, that, uh, you could get a hold of me? Cause it's, it's, you know, it's just been in my head and, and my idea is so simple. Um, if I can get it across and we're actually viable, then, uh, it might save a lot of people a lot of headaches. Well, have you tried, the, have you tried your MP? Uh, yeah, but, uh, I actually know our, our MP down here. I went to high school with him, but he's, uh, he's, um, he's conservative. Right, okay. Alright, well, what did he think of your idea? Oh, I haven't let the cat out of the bag. I don't want to do that. Um, I don't, I don't want somebody else, um, if it actually were to, uh, to fly, I don't want anybody else taking, uh, you know, taking, uh, help me out with the word I'm looking for. From Credit? The, yeah. I, I don't want okay. that to happen. Well, Hunter, all I can say, I mean, I, I have no other, I don't have any uh, secret, uh, you know, uh, remedies for you. You just got to just try all the regular channels. Try all the regular channels. All right, good luck with that. Uh, Keith is in Mississauga, wants to share a scary story. Hey, Keith. How are you? Terrific. How are you? Not too bad for an old fella. Uh, my story goes way back to pre-teens when I lived in Ottawa. And uh, before before you were 16, you had to get somebody to buy your ticket after 6 o'clock in the evening, 6 p.m. And at the Center Theater on Spark Street, they were playing The Mummy's Tomb. <laughs> and I got a person to buy my ticket, and I think it was a quarter. We'll say a quarter. And then you could hide in the theater and from the ushers and all that. But... You saved your shoes by putting clips on them at that time. You didn't buy new shoes. Money was short. So what you did was put a clip on it and take them to the shoe store and get a clip on it. And my mother said when I got to Albert Street and Lyon Street, where I lived on Lyon and Laurier, she could hear me running down the street with my clips. Because you were so scared. Yeah. Now, who, who was in the mummy's tomb? I ran like a deer. I could run like a deer. Who was in that movie? Oh, Boris Karloff. I oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Boris Karloff. He was the first monster back in the forties, wasn't he? Well, uh, I know he, yeah, a, he played, uh, he played the, the monster. He played Frankenstein's the monster. Boy that was yeah. the bad guy in some of the westerns. He became. Uh, he was in a couple of times. He was in it once or twice, but I think uh, I remember Boris Karloff. 
Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney, of course, yeah, Lon Chaney Jr., who played the Wolfman, and and uh, yeah, Bella Lugosi, all the greats, yeah, all yeah. the greats from back in the 30s and 40s. Oh, now you know it's funny when you look back at those those movies; they seem so innocent and so charming. And and now what do we have? We have these gory, horrific slash slash em yeah. type movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I hope we can get back now, to those old uh, charming I, horror films the again. The guy that played the mummies, the mummy was uh, the first guy I remember was uh, the guy who played Stony Brook in the B-Westerns. Ah, uh, yes. Right, and, right. Uh, that was him. But another another scary movie, and I think it was between the 60s and the 70s, it was one of the, it was the first one that came out, they made a second one later on, was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that now, kind of, I, that just never did it for me, those types of um, oh, movies. And that, and that one wasn't, you know, anywhere near as gory as some of the ones are out today. But, uh, uh, yeah, Old Leatherface certainly yeah. was a... Yeah. Uh, I don't know if uh, that was based on... Haunting a lot of people. Uh, that was a scary movie. Because Certainly it was. Whatever you think of it, it could happen. <laughs> it probably has. Uh, listen, Keith, great to hear from you. Thanks for checking in from Mississauga. We'll come back more Ask Me Anything. Open lines on The Conspiracy Show, 416-360-0740. Toll free from out of town, 1-866-740-4740. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Rosemary Ellen Guiley will join us in the second hour. She has a new book, Fate Presents UFOs and the ET Presence, but we'll also uh, talk about ghosts and goblins and things that go bump in the night. And we'll uh, carve out some time for you to speak to Rosemary as well. Right now, we continue on with Open Lines. Ask me anything. Let's go to Toronto and say hi to Mary. Hello, Mary. You are on the air. Hello. Hi there. Uh, I have um, actually seen a ghost in you my have. own apartment. And uh, the apartment was an unusual one because it was on two floors. And oh, there was. Did we lose. Oh, sorry, Mary, you cut out there. Sorry. Try that again. It, uh, the apartment was an unusual one in that it was on two floors. Okay. And. There was sort of like a little corner nook, and I had a fern plant in there. And I decided, oh, I'm going to bed. And across, directly across from the fern plant on the other side of the room, I had a little night light that I had on in the living room. I walked halfway over to the light, and I don't know why something said turn around. And I turned around and I saw the shoulders uh, down to the about the knees. I think it, I would say it was a monk because of the robe he had on, and it was a dark brown, and it was tied uh, in the middle with a white rope. That sounds like a monk. Yeah, I, I don't know whether it be an abbot or a monk, but I'm assuming it was a monk. Right. And I looked at it and I thought. What the heck? You know, I went over and I turned out the light and I went on upstairs and I went to bed. Now, somebody said to me, weren't you frightened? And I said, no, for the simple reason, if it had been there all this time, it would have certainly done something before now. 
but I've never seen it again. Just was this a full-on apparition, head to toe, or was it uh, somewhat transparent? What, no, no. What did it look it was, like? It was absolutely no. It's just from the neck down to the knees. There ah. was nothing underneath it to show the head, legs, or feet, or anything on the floor. I never saw a head. Interesting. But I saw the hands, how they folded into their uh, sleeves. Yes. The hands were folded into the sleeves, and it had this white rope with a crucifix hanging down. And that was the one and only time you one saw One and it. only time. And did you ever investigate the history of this apartment building? Did it was it sitting on a uh, on a monastery or a no, church no, or something? No, I'm right downtown Toronto, right in Cabbage Town. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So I don't know where or how or what. As I say, it was a one-time thing. And well, uh, you are. What do you think of this poll that came out? Groupon sponsored a poll. Mm-hmm. Three in five people believe they have come face-to-face with a ghost at some point in their lifetime. Three in five. I do believe that. I That's do believe 60%. That. That's I the know. majority of us, yeah. 60%. And I do think there's something out there. And what it is, I don't know. But there, I, I do think there is something out there. There's, I really do believe a lot of things happen simply out of coincidence. But there are other things that just can't be explained. Right, right. So I, 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 uh, I was speaking with Jim Elvidge, mm-hmm. um, who has been with me many times. He, he's, he has a new book out. He'll be on uh, the Conspiracy Show in the next couple of weeks. Uh, he wrote a book called Digital Consciousness, and this isn't his new novel idea, but he certainly uh, believes there's a possibility that we are living in a a computer simulation, that what we think is reality is, in fact, uh, it's a simulation. It's 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 digital. Yeah. And that and that, um, you know, this may explain a lot of paranormal activity. There's nothing paranormal about it. Uh, it's just sort of the blending together um, well, you know, or like in a video a game, glitch. a glitch. Exactly. I was just going to say, in a video game, you get a glitch occasionally, yeah. and this this might explain what that is. But that also goes like to uh, that's just another way I think of saying that there's another dimension we certainly are not aware of. Well, I think most. Theoretical physicists would agree with you that there are at least 12, I think, the last count, at least 12 hyperdimensions. Yeah. Now, the question is, what inhabits those dimensions? (laughs) And do we really want to know? Mm, Part of me does. Part of me does. I'm curious enough to want to know, but uh, also, I think, wise enough to stay as far back as I can. You got that right. Mary, did you have a scary movie you wanted to mention? Yes, I did. I, it was a movie that I saw as a child. It was called The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yes. And it was yes. in black and white with Julie Harris was in it, Russ Tamlin, Claire Bloom. And the funny thing about this, it came on Sunday night at 9 o'clock when they used to have Sunday night movies at that time. And I got through the first part of it, and I went upstairs, and I woke my brother up, because we were home alone, and I was the oldest. I woke my brother up and made him come down and watch it with me. 
So right. I was sitting on the living room floor. He was lying just across in front of me, and we're watching this. Then when a commercial break came on again, he went upstairs and got my younger sister, woke her up, brought her down. She was sitting behind me, and there's this one part where this uh, uh, the wall, a door in the wall opens, and you see a face. And it, yes. it's really just a human face, but you see it. My sister almost ripped my the skin off of the back of me because oh, it dear. frightened her so bad. We we all gave up after that. We never really saw the end of the movie, but I do. I actually have it on a DVD, and it, and you never see what was really haunting. Right. That's they were very clever that way back in the day when they made movies. It was more suspenseful. Like you yeah. say, you never actually saw the monster or the you know, the, you didn't have to see the gore and the blood. Uh that's all sort of gone by the boards unfortunately that kind of movie making. But I the the, the haunting of the the, the, the haunting what of was it called? House. Yes. Uh, and that was about a team of uh, investigators who went yeah. to this house. Yeah. Correct? Uh, uh, paranormal investigators. Right. There was yeah. a remake, I think, with Liam Neeson, if yeah, memory serves. Good. I, All right. I, listen, Mary, great to hear from you. I got to run. You. We got a break. We'll uh, thank you. We'll come back. More open lines on The Conspiracy Show. You want the truth? You can handle the truth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Uh, let's say hi to Melanie. Melanie, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Where are you calling from? Uh, the Creamore area. Beautiful Creamore. Mm-hmm. All right. I love that beer. i got to be yeah. honest. Yes, it's nice. Free samples. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best. I, Anyways, all right. What do, you yeah. have, what do you have for us, Melanie? Well, I have more stories than I could probably fill in a book. But, um, you know, you just kind of think it's normal. I've had stuff happen since I was in my 20s. So, you know, this particular story... Um, in the High Park area when I used to live there. And I guess my son, who was four, had seen things. And, you know, he was kind of a shy kid. And he'd kind of bury his head in my, you know, we'd be watching TV and kind of bury his head. And I'd say, what, what's going on? He kept looking in the dining room. And I'd say, uh, you know, what's going on? You know, and he says, well, I see a shadow boy, which is interesting. And I'd say, well, tell him mm-hmm. to go away, you know. And that's fine. Well, the next day, of course, it's daylight. And... This is after I think my husband had passed, and I have stories from before that, but this is just a particular one. You don't expect a four-year-old to talk about people in the dining room, and he'd say, they're spacemen, Mom, they're spacemen, and they're in the dining room. So I'd say, well, tell them to go away, because I couldn't see them, and uh, so so he'd say, no, and he was afraid. He'd hide behind me. So I'd say, go away, spacemen, and then he'd hide behind me, and he'd say, Mom, Mom, they're not listening to you. One's got a knife, and he's he's hitting the other one, and he's going into the floor. Oh now, dear! A very you weird, must you know weird. You person. must have been. Were you frightened at this point when uh, he's talking? No, like because this? I did things happen in my life, and I just thought, well, he's just maybe over imagining some mm. imagining something, or the kids had let him see a Star Trek show or something. I don't know. I questioned them, and they said, no, no, he doesn't see any scary shows when we're alone with him or whatever. But other things had happened in the house, and I'd had experiences myself and I didn't really much want to even stay in that house anymore so I'm telling you there was one particular story and I think it was after that point and I'd wanted to move out of the house and my husband had passed away from cancer not too long before 
few months before. And I was so tired after, you know, taking care of him. And and he'd had issues where he was seeing things before he died. And he was very lucid, not, not on any drugs or anything like that. Right. But he was seeing people in his room, and he would describe who they were and what they were doing. And and uh, it was it was freaky, and it was freaky for him because he would be afraid. And I'd say, well, you know, we're going to have to start putting something on the wall thing in the name of Jesus, you know, or whatever. And I'm right. not particularly a religious person, but very spiritual. Anyways, um, he did pass, and uh, I had been thinking about moving up to the Creamore area. And I guess I'm resting. Uh, it's the evening. I'd gone to bed, and I'm resting there. And, you know, you're thinking about what you're going to do the next day and laying there very comfortably. And all of a sudden, something shoves, and I mean shoves, one leg into the other. I mean, my knees banged. And I thought, okay, it's going to be one of those nights because I'd had issues before where you get a little push or something. Right. So I laid on my side, and I thought, I'm just going to ignore that. And... uh then I get a shove right in the shoulder, pushing me. And I thought, it's not your imagination. I mean, you know when you're getting pushed. And when the leg goes bang to the other leg, you think, well, did I just jerk or something like that? Right, you know, right. You're almost going to sleep, but I wasn't. So I'm laying there on my side thinking, I'm going to ignore this. And I'm laying there on my pillow. When I realize the pillow next to me, which I'm not touching, is going right up on its end. Where oh, it was almost dear. touching my nose. And I just sat up, got the lights on, and I didn't sleep all night. And I never slept in that room until we moved after that. So that's one wow. story. But I have a million. I mean, I've had things fly off shelves for no reason and whatever. And I moved up north to a really lovely old home, and I thought, well, I'll have it kind of blessed or cleared or whatever. I didn't want any right. issues with certain energies and uh and what did you use sage or sweetgrass or um what did you know i just had a lady a little old lady that used to do clearing and energy work and she was an ordained minister and whatever and did it help well i was moving into this new house so i didn't really have an issue with the new house but i wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be like the old house Mm -hmm. so right and as i say i can tell you stories about things appearing out of nowhere also um but that's other stories. Um, <laughs> so this particular house is a beautiful old house, 140 years old. And my grandmother had passed. This is just one particular story in this house. I never felt anything untoward in this home. I love this home. And one particular night I'm doing research because I'm a, um, I am work in real estate. Anyways, uh, I was doing some research to see what my grandmother's house might be worth. And I piled up all my MLS listings on the left side of the bed it's a great big queen bed and I put it on the floor in a pile a nice neat pile and my son that night had decided he was going to sleep in the hallway outside my room because that's where the air conditioner was and it's a big old house and it's hot upstairs so I thought that's fine my door is shut and I wake up thinking I hear footsteps in the hall and I thought well he's not up is he so I thought no just go back to sleep it's nothing and a few, maybe 10, 20 minutes later, I wake up again, I hear footsteps. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not a very good mom if I don't get up and see what's going on. Right, right. So he, um, I can hear him. He's a heavy breather. He's a mouth breather. He's only like eight at the time. He's on his sleeping bag, and he's kind of snoring, you know. And I thought, well, it's, it's not him, I don't think. So I went down the hall, looked around, 
And I looked back up the hole, and I thought, well, I'm going to creep back, and I'm going to kind of stand around him and see, is there a creak of the floor if I'm standing where he's laying and he's been rolling around or something? And it wasn't, I couldn't identify it. Well, I go back into my bedroom, and, you know, I'd just gotten out of the bed on the right side of the bed, thrown all the covers back, and stepped onto the, you know, to the right side of the bed and around to get out to the hall to see him. Well, when I came back into the room, I went, you know, didn't turn any lights on. I went to go crawl back in bed, and my MLS papers are all over my bed. And I'm strewn all over my bed. So it's like, okay, pick them all up, put them neat. And I said, okay, acknowledge, you know, somebody's presence. You know, you can leave me alone now. And that's one particular story. I have another one, and uh, as I said, my, my husband had passed years before, and I wasn't here, well, maybe a year or so. And I thought, okay, I have a stepsister going to come over and do a wall mural for me. And uh, I thought I might as well tidy everything up. So I had made my bed, and I put my shams up, and a special two little pillows that I have. And I have a little teddy bear that I used to call Danny Bear after my husband. Anyways, he never liked that bear, but anyways. I thought, well, I'm going to set the shams up, and then I'm going to set the two white pillows up, and I'm going to put Danny Bear in the middle. Bed's all neat, nice big comforter, you know, like a thick duvet. And I went into my son's room, and I said, you know, you have to get up. He's about five. And I said, you have to get up and make your bed. I said, you know, um, my stepsister's coming, and you've got to have the room neat. I want to show her the house. Well, that's fine. I thought, oh, darn, I forgot something off my night table. So I got stuff in my arms and whatever, but I'm going back into the room to pick something off my night table. And I thought, well, what's this? Something strange. My Danny bear was at the bottom of the bed. The pillows were strewn around the bed. And there was an impression in the duvet, like of a body. Mm. (laughs) I just (laughs) thought, okay, Dan, if it's you, you could have at least waited until I came back to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I said. You know, I mean, what can you do? There's stuff that goes on. You're very on. nonchalant about it. What well, I have to do? be because I've had things happen. I mean, this is not a black and white world, is it? No, so. indeed. Listen, Mary, those are, uh, Melanie, my mm-hmm. apologies. Those are amazing stories. Oh, I got it. And um, but anyway, so you are so sincere and uh, I, I believe you definitely experienced something. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you'll call again sometime. Melanie up in Cremor. Uh, let's say hi to Baji in Ohio. Hello, Baji. Hello, Richard. I wanted to ask you a question. I want to know if you think that the world will ever come to an end, and if so, will it be because of disease, famine, bad governments? And if so, could it happen very soon? Um, well, I mean, I do believe in the Bible. I do believe there will be, you know, an, an end times, but not the end of the planet, not the end of humanity, just the end of, you know, the present order, if you will. That'll come to an end. I don't, uh, is it very close? Hmm. That's, you know, that's impossible. I don't, I don't like to get into a guessing game. Every other week there's some, somebody claiming the end is nigh and, uh, they've been doing that for, well, probably since the Middle Ages. Uh, no, you know what? I'm actually quite positive about the future. At least the, uh, the immediate future, let's say the next couple of hundred years. I think technology, uh, although I have to, I have to say I am a little concerned about artificial intelligence 
If we can get a handle on that, I think we'll be okay. But I think ultimately technology is going to solve most of the, ma- the world's major problems. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of bullish on the future, uh, to be honest with you. That's not to say at some point, you know, again, as a Bible-believing Christian, there will be an end times, there will be uh, a tribulation, there will be an Armageddon, uh, there will be a second coming. But that's, you know, me talking from the pulpit. But um, I hope that answers your question. How about Thank you? Uh, you know, I, I think it'll happen, but I'm having a hard time deciphering if I think it's soon or not. Uh, the Bible talks about when Israel would be reestablished as a nation. It was sort of usher in the end times, but that has been 70 years, and 70 years is a long time. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I, while I see it happening, I'm not sure if it's going to happen soon. Well, it, we're supposed to behave like it's imminent. That's the main thing, right? We have to p- prepare. True. Baji, thank you. Great yeah, to hear nice from you. Talking to you. Baji in Ohio. All right, let's say hi to. Do we have time to squeeze in one? Oh, I don't think we do. Uh, Ian, back in studio. Do we have time? Probably not. Well, there's the music that answers that question. All right. Rosemary Ellen Guiley joins me next. She joins us next to talk UFOs and ETs and a ghost story or two, I'm sure. The Conspiracy Show. Back with more in a moment. Don't go away. 